Pace Line is produced by the Cycling Independent with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How are we doing, buddy? Um, We're doing okay. We're having a lot of um, leaf blowers and chainsaws in the neighborhood today. We have them every day. I know this is not a cycling topic, but I'm just going to say this real quick because there are some a large number of people listening to me right now. If you or someone who you employ ha- uh, uses a uh, gas-powered thing like that uh, on your yard uh, or your landscape uh, every week, consider maybe not doing that anymore because <laughs> the noise pollution is unbelievable. And we all work from home now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. You know, welcome to the two-stroke kingdom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm. And um, I'll just say th- I'll just say this to those uh, folks who think it's necessary. Just leave the grass clippings on the ground. <laughs> the, they become soil and fertilize. It's fine. <laughs> it is biodegradable. So there is that. Yeah. 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 Ashes um, to ashes. So June 1st, uh, as we record this. Um, yeah. My my experience of Massachusetts, while a little different from yours, given that I was an hour and a half away, uh, my experience was pretty much generally, you know, June 1st, summer was on. We'd gotten about two weeks of spring in May, and then suddenly just summer is on. Well, this has been a strange year, as they all are now, I guess, uh, where we had a proper spring, where mm-hmm. we had like... Eight weeks of in-between temperatures. Unheard of. Yes. And in May, although we had some quite cool days, we also hit 90 a few times, and we've had a couple waves of humidity come through. But it, I would be hard-pressed to say that summer is really here yet. Hmm. Hmm. It... it it is odd, and it's merciful for me because the fewer hot, humid days for me, the better. But right, uh, and maybe it's cool if we have like a, a gradual warming. Uh, the all the plants seem to be doing very well this mm-hmm. this year so far. Uh, we've been a little dry, uh, but I'm not going to complain about that to someone who lives in California. <laughs> fair, fair, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Is it uh, full summer there? I- we're we're a little bit like the emotional, uh, the varying emotional states of a toddler. Uh, one day it's 90. The next it's 68. The next one, it's 80. Then it's 71. Then it's 85. I, 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 we don't know what we're doing. We, we simply have no idea what we're doing. I mean, that seems very normal. I would say a climate where it's like 82 every day is not normal, but... Well, I mean, it's normal somewhere, I suppose. 
in Southern California, I mean, I could pretty much have been the weatherman for the South Bay where I lived without ever going outside. Mm. Um, I would need to occasionally look out the window and just see if the marine layer had burned off. Uh, but no, it's all over the place here. And that's not like other years. And some of the other years weren't like other years. So what do I know? Yeah, I I, I, I got to say, I like the variability. Like I, if it's going to get hot, as long as it gets cool after. Uh, I don't like a lot of whatever, but I mean, it. it <laughs> You know, if wishes were fishes, we'd all live in the sea. I <laughs> I will say that the weather has been very conducive to bicycle riding. That's great. Which is the subject of our podcast presentation. Um, <laughs> and we are now going riding. to segue into it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's been real fine pedaling weather. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Today, I have been riding uh, with some friends who are new to mountain biking, or, or I guess coming back after some decades away, which is sort of like it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so I've been riding with them. It's it's a lot like riding with my regular crew, but a lot slower. Mm -hmm. uh, and with a lot more guiding. So I'm essentially showing them the trails they want to be on and little by little, maybe imparting some technical knowledge about bike handling. Mm -hmm. um, and it has been enormously, fantastically fun. Like awesome. if you told me before, oh, I want you to do this for these people, I'd say, well, <laughs> that sounds like having a nail slowly driven into the front of my skull. But I'm wrong. Uh, first of all, they're having a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. The, they, the joy of discovery and mm -hmm. the thrill of speed and the sense they have, I think, of the progression that they're making, the progress they're making, I guess not progression, but the progression in their skills. So mm -hmm. all of that positivity is really palpable when we ride. So like every time I stop to get the group back together, they roll up with these absolutely face splitting smiles on their faces. <laughs> They're like, this is awesome. I mean, really, they are exclaiming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. out loud. They say things like that was so much fun, uh, which my regular crew doesn't say very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see how thrilled they are to like clear an obstacle or make it up a little technical climb or. I don't know. I mean, if, I guess I, if I'm completely honest, uh, there is also some ego, ego inflation here uh, because I realize <laughs> even as I'm learning a lot myself, mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty good at bikes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, you bike well. I mean, I should be. I've done it a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not God's gift, but I'm, I'm pretty good at bikes. Mm -hmm. uh, so... These are pretty easy rides, uh, which is working well for me right now, given my fitness and being on a completely new and different bike myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm in the position of sort of relearning to ride on flat pedals, as we've discussed on previous episodes. Yeah. And so moving slowly with these guys and practicing low speed skills is really great for me. 
Also, articulating to them how to do certain things keeps me thinking methodically. You know, things that I can do intuitively on other bikes, Mm -hmm. I'm relearning to do on this bike. So breaking it down into its component moves uh, is really cool uh, and really fun. Yeah. The act of teaching someone something means that you really need to understand it very thoroughly in your head. Yes. Yes. And we're moving slowly enough that I'm able to practice as we go all the time in little ways that I wouldn't if I was riding with uh, my 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 quote unquote other friends Mm -hmm. uh, who are trying to rip everywhere they go, which Mm -hmm. is fun in its own way, of course. Um, I guess the the third thing is that I'm re seeing, if that's a word, uh, all my local trails through the eyes of these people. And their mm-hmm. experience. And that's fantastic. And it's made these little adventures way more playful uh, than when I normally ride close to home. Mm-hmm. Normally, I might just go rip around for a while, kind of at the edge of my skill and or fitness. You know, I might you know, I have an hour <laughs> yeah. and I go and I sort of like rent myself asunder trying to <laughs> cram in as much uh, mm. as I've much never done as that. I can. No, no, no. Right. Nope. Nope. No. Right. But slowing down with them makes me see see new things. Like mm-hmm. I actually have like grokked some new obstacles that are just off the trail's edge or things that I would fly by before and think, well, maybe that's a that could be a fun little skill test to loop uh-huh. in. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And they you know, the these guys have been really appreciative of what they think I've done for them. While in reality, I think this might be the best thing that's happened to my mountain biking for a long time. (laughs) Awesome. That is, that is terrific. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a lot like when I first started doing night rides, Mm -hmm. um, it's like a whole new way of seeing the trails, Mm -hmm. you know, it just freshens the whole thing. I the first night rides I did with lights on. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a whole this is like the the world went from, I guess it's backwards to say it this way, but it's like the world went from black and white to color. You know, like it just sharpens your focus on everything. And so, you know, riding with these guys has that appeal too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you done this sort of thing with beginners before? Uh, not in mountain biking for the most part. Uh, yeah. Mostly it's been road riding. Um, but there's, there's been a little of it here and there with, you know, more like, you know, individuals and duos and taking them out and showing them a trail, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, yeah, the act of slowing down and, and actively thinking about everything you're going by and pointing out that's a good line over there. Uh, that's, you know, that's smoother. Uh, watch this for the traction here being a guide to someone else requires really active thinking at every moment, pretty much. And for a guy who will uh, tune out and zone into his own thoughts and all but disappear from the world mentally uh, when on a bike ride, it's a very, very different experience. It, It is a completely different sort of bike ride. I'm enjoying it a lot more than when I've shown people the ropes on a road bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, road biking is very linear, obviously. Mm. Um, 
and you're trying to teach them things like drafting, proper drafting, and you're like, no, come closer. Come yeah. and you're I feel like you're always <laughs> wrestling with this um their lack of discomfort really more palpably more palpably is the wrong word, more obviously impacts your ability to kind of make make progress. Um and I've never found that particularly gratifying. I've always found like <sighs> Um, I don't know how to make people comfortable on a bike, <laughs> you know, and if you slow, it doesn't even work if you slow way down on a road bikes. Uh, so it doesn't have that appeal either. Like now we're just slow road bike riding and that's, that's not that fun to me. You know, that's an interesting aspect of, of road riding is if you're trying to work on group riding skills, uh, once you drop below about 16 miles an hour, it gets really hard to do that because acceleration happens so much more easily. People downshift. And so all the things that happen when you're in a group happen kind of even more quickly, even though you're not moving as quickly. Uh, right. Acceleration can happen, you know, uh, with such a, a greater spurt of speed that trying to do group ride stuff at slow speeds just really doesn't work. Whereas mountain biking, you can go through and ride something at eight miles an hour and then at 12 miles an hour and then 16 miles an hour. And those are all very different experiences. And all fun. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think so. Um, when's the last time you rode your local trail slowly? Uh, Saturday. Uh, <laughs> That's not the answer I expected. <laughs> well, uh, uh, so I took my youngest, Matthew, out for a mountain bike ride. Uh, Philip didn't want to join us, even though he's the one with the new bike. But Matthew's bike is new to him. It's Philip's old bike. 20-inch uh, wheels, 2-inch wide tires, 10-speed drivetrain, air oil fork. It's a rocking, rocking bike. Prevelo, by the way. Hmm. Well, we get out there and it's just the, the the hills that we hit, even though I thought they were a little gentler, still too, too steep for him. Uh, but worse is I realized my kid has no sense of line. Hmm. He, he has no sense of line. He has no sense of traction. Hmm. He'll do a couple of swoopy turns and that's fun. And then he'll decide he's going to do a little more swoopy and boom he's on the ground mm. i i lost count of how many times he crashed uh <laughs> i don't mean to laugh at your child crashing yeah. his bike. yeah but you know once you're north of six it's like i need to just get him home before he hates the bike uh it was it was f frustrating for him and disappointing for me and you know a little bit of angst inducing for me uh, so on, on Monday, on Memorial day, uh, we went for a bike ride on sidewalks and driveways and whatnot and went to Seven Eleven and got snacks and drinks. And so I did pull a win out of the weekend. Smart, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I thought we can go slow. We can do this. He'll watch my, no, I have some work ahead of me. Uh, and I don't really know how to do that work. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say that there's a big difference between riding with adults who are aware that they're learning a thing mm-hmm. than, than riding with kids who may have a similar skill level, but refuse to admit that they need to learn something from you and they just want to do it. Just let me do it. That happens with adults, we- too. Oh, I can relate. I can relate. I would say probably the success of my recent rides has been down to these these people being like, yeah, definitely show me where to go. And yeah. pointers are appreciated. And, you know, I try not to go heavy on it. We're not like just it's not like classroom, you know, <laughs> we're, we're riding around and having fun. Right. Yeah. If yeah. They have a little problem with something. I say, well, well, maybe think about this. And that's that's, you know, that's enough. Right. But the kids. They also have the, the adults also know that they have to fail in order to succeed, whereas the kids show up and they're like, I'm probably going to be real good at this. <laughs> uh, yes, but also, you know, once you reach adulthood, even if you're not actively thinking about it, you know that gravity never takes a break. Gravity right. is never off. Right. Kids forget that gravity is like full time. You know, electric lights aren't as permanent as gravity. They just aren't clear on that. Well, most of what they consume, uh, uh, you know, cartoons, there's no gravity there or, gra- you know, it doesn't work the same way. So well, they're sort of like, there's you always know. that pause, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Coyote has a moment to look down, hold up a sign. Where did where was the sign? Where where did he get yeah. the sign from? When did he yeah. have time to write on it? Right. But he has the right sign. There's time for him to hold up. And he looks down and then he starts to drop. I think right. that's what my kids think is how gravity works. Instead of having to pick small stones out of their mouth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I uh, maybe maybe we do another call uh, later this week. Just you and me on, on <laughs> teaching techniques. <laughs> well, my kids don't ride bikes. Uh they certainly don't ride mountain bikes with me. So I have failed. I, I am not the guy to look for for wisdom because like you, I was kind of like. Uh, it's, it was enormously frustrating. And but, I, you know, I think and I take a, a lot of the, the blame for it in the sense that I, I had the wrong expectations of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but equally, uh, the kids where we live don't really ride bikes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's not a like everyone rides bikes culture that you can kind of leverage or build on. Uh, so they were starting as close to zero as you get. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, my, uh, my entire agenda is smiles. I just, I want yeah. smiles. I don't want any tears. As a matter of fact, my whole agenda is if I can avoid tears, that's a, a net upgrade. Yeah. What I've heard from people who are better at um, being parents than I am is that um, skittles mm-hmm. and a willingness to just leave and stop whenever are keys to success. Okay. Well, I didn't have skittles, but I did know when I was licked. Yeah. Gotta know when you're licked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I may get that memo a little later than some, but. <laughs> I do read the memo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think uh, when things get hard uh, to be able to stop with the kid and say, you know what, let's take a break and eat some Skittles. I think that's a game changer. 
uh, both because they've got a reward for coming as far as they have and because they will then be sugar high uh, in <laughs> in roughly uh, three and a half minutes, which yep. should provide a little more a little more motivation. It's the kid version of liquid courage. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Anything that can uh, help a flagging kid is all good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I should maybe should keep that in mind for a, myself. Maybe we should maybe do a whole podcast about riding with kids. Um, although yeah. it sounds like neither of us has a lot of expertise to share. <laughs> I don't know about expertise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But ex- at least experience. Okay. We're going to take a break and we will be back in just a minute. The Paceline is produced by the Cycling Independent with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community focused, community supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Okay, we're back with the Paceline, the podcast on two wheels. What's your poll this week? I've got another listener question this week uh, from Doug in Connecticut. Yeah. He asks, I'm planning to buy a new mountain bike this summer. I'm undecided on whether to go with full suspension or a hardtail. If I don't get full suspension, I can go with something with nicer components. But I wonder if I'll be making a mistake if I don't go with rear suspension. What do you advise? Uh, first, uh, kudos to Doug for such a clear question that I know how to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, I don't blame anybody for having, you know, kind of a a question that kind of rambles of of like, what do I buy? Um, I get it. So I got to say in buying a mountain biking, going full suspension or not is the central question of any mountain bike purchase. I think sure. There are riders out there who won't consider anything without a rear shock, but at its most elemental, the question is hard or soft. I know some riders consider this a philosophical question, like existentialism, that they see it as a measure of what sort of rider uh, someone is. And I didn't pinch my tent in that camp. Fundamentally, I think the first question to ask is the, uh, in this choice is where someone rides. Most of the country is reasonably flat for people living in western Tennessee, all of Mississippi, huge swaths of Texas, etc. The lack of significant descents means that the rear suspension won't see much work. A certain amount of force is required to compress suspension, and without the pull of gravity, most riders won't hit anything hard enough to compress a rear shock 100 millimeters, let alone 160. So a full suspension bike just won't see the kind of use that makes them so magical if a rider doesn't encounter any significant downs. Another point to consider is that a hardtail will have a shorter wheelbase, making it easier to get around a tight turn. Far and away, the twistiest trails I've ever encountered are the ones I grew up riding in Memphis, and which I will be on later this month. I knew guys who would go down a size from their optimal fit on mountain bikes in order to ride a bike with an even shorter wheelbase. There's also the fact that with a hardtail, it's easier to get out of the saddle for quick quick acceleration 
when coming out of a turn. Okay, let me stop here. Before anyone starts screaming at their speakers, let me hasten to add that there's nothing wrong with running a hardtail in a mountainous place. Plenty of riders do it for weight, climbing style, and simplicity. Um, so this would be an all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. <laughs> yes, I did just do that. I really did. Uh, okay, so <laughs> having said that, I'm now going to throw a bigger wrench in the works with uh, an exception. There are places in the world that are very rocky and the dirt roads can be chunky in a way that will make you feel like a shaken baby. Uh, thinking about the dirt roads I've encountered just east of the front, front range of Colorado. Uh, also, uh, some of the B roads that I encountered doing Unbound a couple of years ago. Holy cow. I would absolutely consider a full suspension bike. Um, though not with more than a hundred millimeters of travel. Um, so, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. If it's flat where you ride, you will probably benefit from a hardtail. Uh, and if your rides go up and down and up and down, full suspension is probably the way to go. It'll make the descents more enjoyable and better controlled. Uh, and now that you've been suspended, John, oh, I make it sound like you're in high school. Yep. <laughs> Uh, not I mean, far off the truth. Go on. What's, what's your take now that you've got, uh, some new time in both camps? My take is this. <clears throat> if you are new to mountain biking and you don't have the bike handling skills that come with having done it for a long time, I would buy a hardtail because a hardtail will help you develop those skills more quickly than a full suspension bike will. A full suspension bike will eat up a lot of the nonsense on the trail. You know, if you, ju if you just want to go on the roller coaster, get the full suspension bike and let it fly in every direction because most of them do a really good job of eating up every little bump uh, and they they lower the bar for your bike handling skills significantly. So you can go faster with less skill and some people will find that more fun. But I think if you want to develop good bike handling skills that eventually if you get, you know, if you continue on and you, you want to progress and, and push those to a full suspension bike will do you a lot of good. Mm -hmm. The other, the other thing I would say is that, a hardtail, especially if you get a lockout uh, for your fork, a remote uh, lockout for your fork, makes a pretty good gravel bike. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I, I would think of these bikes not as being a, a digital choice, hardtail or, or full suspension. I would look at um, trail bikes as a continuum, starting with gravel bikes mm -hmm. uh or i mean you could even say cyclocross bikes that run you know 32s up mm -hmm. to gravel bikes that are now mostly running 38s and 40s and bigger into a hardtail that can run a 2.1 up to a 2.6 into a full suspension setup that i mean does 
kind of the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. I, I would just think about where you want to land on that continuum. I think a hardtail today looks like a really great choice for someone who doesn't want to have a gravel bike and a hardtail and a full suspension bike. Mm-hmm. A hardtail looks like a good medium choice that will do uh, a lot of things really well, uh, be super fun to ride, and will help you tune up your skills mm-hmm. more quickly than the other two. Yeah, I I, I will agree um, to a degree. Um, <laughs> um, it will take you longer to learn those skills if you haven't been a mountain biker at all and you go with a full suspension bike. It will definitely take you longer to pick up on those things uh, because initially it will iron out stuff that you would otherwise immediately be learning how to unweight over and right. and that sort of thing. Uh, but I will say, I think um, I think you will learn those skills. Also, there are there are moves inherent to being on a full suspension bike that are a little different than what you would do on a hardtail. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it may be that you'll learn those a little faster, just going straight to full suspension. Yeah, I think I think the, the thing for me, and I'm riding full suspension on flat pedals now um, all the time, and I love it, but I do find that it sucks the challenge out of kind of the average trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you say the average trail is of average difficulty, um, the full suspension bike really comes to lie life when things get technical or um, steep in a downward direction. And I think you're more likely to find a good challenge on average trail on a hardtail than on a full suspension. That's just my... That's my take. And I'm riding full suspension all the time and I love it. And I'm trying to learn to be as technical with it as I want, mm-hmm. which is very. Um, but I do think there's more sort of like bang for your buck on the average trail with a hardtail. Uh, yes. Yes. The thing that I do on easier trails now uh, that I didn't used to do as much of in the past is when I'm on something that's a little gentler, uh, but still, you know, got some twisty to it and whatnot. Um, I'm trying to work on my technique more. So, uh, making sure that in the straight section, I come back to perfectly upright. I get my weight up a little bit. And then when I go into the next turn, uh, I bring my weight down, compress the suspension and kind of shoot myself through the turn uh, that way. And, uh, you know, that's trying to develop the muscle memory of doing that, especially, you know, it's it's easy to do in one or two turns. It's when you've got a succession and making yeah. sure that you're making that transition from right to left to right to left uh, and doing it four turns in, five turns in. There yeah. comes a point where it stuff's just coming at me too quick and I don't have the fortitude within my mind to slow down like a, a smart person would. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what I'm doing, too. Like I'm riding more slowly with uh, my my beginner friends and I'm using that time to, yeah, work on 
um, kind of like getting some mastery of the back end of the bike, mm-hmm. even in situations where maybe I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And and just like you say, I mean, the the description you just made of that, of like working through that corner, I was saying to them, imagine that you're flying a jet plane through there and imagine that, you know, like you're right down in the cockpit and you're trying to like manage mm-hmm. your weight like it's flying through the space. And what would you do if you were flying? And if you can keep your weight and your balance in that in that aspect, you're going to have a really good time and you're going to go through there quickly and efficiently. Yeah. Um, well, it's like the technique used in alpine skiing and yes. to a lesser degree in other forms of skiing. Yeah. yeah. You know, in between each turn, you stand up straight. You stand up straight and then you compress in the turn that brings your weight down, that flexes the ski, you know, and that's what cuts you through the turn. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the same sort of thinking, you know, what I would say to Doug in Connecticut is you're not going to, you're, you're sift through what we just said for (laughs) for the advice that works for you. You're not going to make a bad choice and you're going to have a lot of fun either way. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing I do want to add for, for folks is, you know, if you are looking at your first full suspension mountain bike, I think a lot of people have this tendency to start looking at hundred millimeter travel bikes. Well, I'll start, I'll start modestly, you know, mm. skip the cross country bikes, uh, bikes that are hundred, hundred, uh, or like 110, 100. Those are aimed at cross country racers, you know, marathon racers, that sort of thing. Don't go there. Don't. Yeah. They're like uh, little I, rocket ships. I think you're right. Those are those are cross country race bikes. Don't buy those. But equally, I would say don't think I'm going to go max suspension because that's where I'm going to end up eventually anyway. Yeah, I see people make the mistake in the other direction and they're just massively overbiked. Mm-hmm. And yes. and you see them riding around and you're thinking that can't be any fun. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the 120, 130 trail bike. That is yes. the thing. Those bikes are so much more capable than they used to be. I mean, I think about like what you needed 180 millimeters of travel to do 10 years ago. Yeah. And you can do that on a 130, 135 bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much better stuff is. Part of that is changes in uh, the geometry of the bike. Right. Help the suspension work better. Yeah. So Slacker there's a lot tubes. of be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Steeper C2 bangle. Right. It's, it is pretty remarkable, but yeah, going with a trail bike, uh, that's the gateway drug start there. And you and I are pretty soon going to be talking about our new Mm -hmm. full suspension mountain bikes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe wait a week, Doug, and then you'll get the real recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm hoping that I'll get some solid time on my bike this weekend, uh, I did one real ride for myself this past weekend. Uh, and then the next day, my COVID cough uh, uh, worsened ever so slightly. And so I thought, OK, well, Memorial Day, we're not riding. So, yeah, I pushed I just pushed through some bronchitis myself. So riding slower with slower people was uh, was <laughs> the gift I needed to uh, continue rolling without exacerbating or revisiting mm. my illness anyway. <laughs> okay, cool. Alrighty. Uh let's move on to paceline picks. What are you doing this week? Um everyone's gonna 
Okay, I'm just going to say it. My pick this week <laughs> is the County Line Extra Large Round End Stock Tank Pool. Do what to whom? Tractor Supply says keep your animals healthy and hydrated with the County Line Extra Large <gasps> oh. Galvanized Round End Stock Tank. This extremely durable steel tub holds up to 700 gallons of water and is <laughs> void of sharp edges to minimize the chance of injuries. <laughs> I'm picking it because uh, if you're minimally clever, you can turn it into a fabulous backyard or front yard or any yard pool. It's the adult version of the classic kiddie pool. Maybe you should call it the adulty pool. <laughs> so we got we got one last summer and in about 15 minutes i plumbed it with a small electric pool pump and filter and now when i come back from a ride all sweaty and gross which i'm usually doing first thing in the morning uh at that point in my day it's too early uh in the day to shower because i'm probably gonna get sweaty again hell i might even go ride again uh hmm. so i just hit the pool uh, it's not quite a shower, but it's a real good reset and it's a great cool down. Um, my muscles love it. Uh, my brain loves it at eight feet in diameter. I've had four or five friends in it simultaneously for like summer evening soaks with the beverage of everyone's choice. Hmm. This thing is, it's light enough that two people can lift it once it's empty, uh, <laughs> and move it. Like, if you don't want it in your yard all winter, uh, it is movable. Uh, I bought a cover for mine. Uh, so that's what we do it in the do with it in the winter. All the pool, all the uh, patio furniture goes in it. And we put the cover over the top and it's a win win because it's storage and uh, keeps the pool from filling with snow and nonsense. <laughs> the the stock tank itself is five hundred and ninety nine dollars. Mm. But, but given the joy mine gives me. I'd call that a steal. Hmm. For sure, mine is an off-label use. <laughs> and you'll need a fair-sized truck to pick it up from the tractor supply or right. whatever fine wherever fine troughs are sold in your area. But I highly recommend it for the homeowner who's not that interested in installing and maintaining a more traditional pool, which are, by the way, extremely expensive. We my wife really wanted a pool. But this is New England, and given the location of our house, they couldn't find a crane to lift the necessary equipment into our backyard without taking the power lines down. Like we literally, she she literally engaged I don't know three or four different engineers to look at like the logistics of a preform pool or or all of these different things and it was just it was I, I sat by the whole whole time pretty much uh because i it's best for me not to interfere interfere in my own life but um uh we discovered that the 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 stock tank pool is perfect it's all the pool you need um also i would say that for like 45 dollars i wrapped my name in bamboo so it looks like a proper little backyard pool and not so much like a trough. So it's tiki themed. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's vaguely tiki themed. Okay. Now, uh, for, for those out there who don't recall or haven't heard any previous mentions of your wife, Brittany, 
she's about 110% badass and another 35% of just really cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would think she was wanting to do laps. Does she just swim in a circle? No, no. She wants no laps. She just wants to. Yeah. She just wants to uh, sit in the pool and be cool and relaxed. And that's all she needs. Okay. All right. All right. Um, my pick this week is a book, one that I've mentioned before, but I return to periodically because it's easily the cycling book that I open most frequently. It's Bijou Thomas and Alan Lim's cookbook, Feed Zone Portables. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to back up here and I'm going to say, look, I have eaten more cliff bars, goos, and assorted chews than most. Uh, I am somebody who does actually enjoy all the wrapper foods. Um, when it comes to doing a long day in the saddle, I've never had anything fuel me better though than the recipes in feed zone portables. Uh, and I'm glad that Velo press has kept this thing in print because I plan to keep recommending it. Uh, it's easily ordered, uh, from scratch labs directly, uh, or Velo press. I, don't actually advocate going to Amazon. Uh, as much as I love the recipes, the real genius of the book is that it walks the reader, chef, uh, through the entire process of making the recipe, then portioning it, and then how to wrap individual servings up. Uh, for folks who like sweet stuff when they ride, there's plenty of that. Uh, there's one thing that's rice balls with uh, chocolate and blueberries. Mm. Holy wow. Uh, good hmm. stuff. Um, but for peeps who want something savory, given how few options there are out there in rapper land, uh, the savory recipes are where this book just kills uh, the baked pasta, which is spaghetti uh, with an egg broken in it uh, and then bacon, or sometimes I've used uh, an andouille sausage, uh, and then Parmesan cheese over the top. And you put those, you wad the stuff up and you put it in a muffin tin and you bake it in the oven and the egg holds the pasta together. Yeah. Those things. OMG. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to be making a couple of recipes tomorrow in anticipation of this weekend's eight hours of Wente. I don't see myself riding more than two laps given my recent COVIDage uh, <laughs> uh, and assorted other nonsense in my life. I'm not going to be, yeah, lapping and lapping and lapping. I'll do a lap. I'll probably do another lap. And that's yeah. probably going to be about it. If I have a really it, great day, maybe a third. It'll be fun any way you slice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll. I mean, it's, it's a magical place. It's a whole lot of really wonderful people. You know, I I don't really need anything more than that. I've come to my senses. (laughs) I've come to my senses. I'm going to remind you, you said that. Uh, Yeah. Probably later today, but go on. Right, right. Yes. Well, and, and when you say it, it'll, it'll have all the wonderful irony that makes the two of us laugh at each other. Yeah, so uh, there will be a link in the show notes. It's a really fantastic book. I can't recommend it enough. Yes. Alrighty, that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. 
Uh, do you have anything fun you're doing this weekend? I'm going to do more bike riding. More bike right. bike riding with bike riders. Yeah. Sunday after Wente, uh, I'm probably going to ride up this stupidly steep climb. I mean, it's like north of 20% in places. Oof. And then I will take this wonderful trail down called Best Day So Far. <laughs> and if that's not the best name for a mountain bike trail, I really don't know what is. Right. And actually, something I need to do, you know, the, the Wente race. Okay, Wente is a scout camp in Mendocino County. And the Wente race exists because uh, a kid who grew up here in the Bay Area going to that scout camp in the summers later became one of the counselors at that uh, at that camp. Eagle Scout began building trails uh, at the scout camp. And now, I mean, he just keeps building trails. They let him. And this is <laughs> one of the most... Him. Yeah, yeah, one of the most extraordinary uh, trail systems I've ever encountered. Uh, and uh, yeah, Kevin is just a uh, Kevin Smallman is the builder and he. Uh, he should probably change careers. He's a teacher. Oh, yeah. He should probably just design and build trails full time. He's so good at it. Um, and so, yeah, this is going to be a special little experience. You can't just go up there and ride those trails anytime. That's the thing. Ah, right. Yeah. You need to be at the event. Yeah. This more than anything else is what may cause me to get my boys into Boy Scouts. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I want to, I want to mention that, um, Jai Hindley, uh, won the Giro d'Italia the other day. First Australian to do that. Oh, wow. uh, and that was a good race, uh, sort of settled on the second to last day. Um, so a good Giro this year. The other thing I want to mention is that it's unbound gravel this weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have many friends who are going there to put themselves through that. And so I'll just say to anybody riding it who might be listening, uh, good luck, have fun. Yeah, I, hopefully it's not like the, the time I was there. Uh, a couple of years ago when it was well into the nineties for most of the day. Yeah. And yeah, you know, well, like it's going to be hard humidity. either way. Uh, old co-host uh, Patria Vandermark will be there uh, oh. getting it done. Uh, I think my friend Rachel Wills is going to be there. Mm -hmm. I think I've got, I know I can't keep track of all the people I know who are going or were thinking of going, but if you're going have fun, there you go. Yeah. Alrighty, before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for TCI's other podcasts, Revolting, which is a cycling podcast that isn't really about cycling, with John and Steve Knievel of All Hail the Black Market, and Enter the Deuce, which is even less about cycling and is more about the miracle that is modern medicine. We're hoping you like them, and if you do, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, send us some questions. If you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.